Hello, and welcome to the Federal Contracting Made Easy podcast, where we take the complex world of government contracting and break it into simple steps that any small business owner can master. Now, let me introduce your host, Nancy Byerly. Hello, and welcome to episode number 58 of Federal Contracting Made Easy. Today, we're going to go over part one of a four-part series on 8A Business Development Program eligibility. So you may be asking yourself, why did Congress create the 8A Business Development Program? And the answer was simple. Congress realized that small disadvantaged businesses that were socially and economically disadvantaged were unable to compete in the open market. So in order to help these businesses, they created the 8 BD program. The 8 BD program actually comes from the Small Business Act, Section 8A and 7J. And they're to assist these small disadvantaged businesses and help them compete in America's economy through business development. So this is a nine-year program. So it's a nine-year program, 10-year So as long as a small business remains eligible for the program, they can stay in the program for a full nine years. However, there are four ways that they may leave or exit the program. These are termination from the program. You can be terminated from the program if you fail to meet the program requirements and SBA process you for termination. The next one is early graduation. If you meet all the objectives in your business plan and your financial ratios are excellent, then SBA is going to say, hey, you don't need the program anymore. We're going to graduate you early. The third way is a voluntary early graduation. You yourself can say, hey, I want to graduate early. I've met all the program requirements and I just want to leave the program. And you can do that. You can say, I've met everything I plan to do to get out of this program I've got. I would like to leave the program. Not a problem. You fill out a form and it gets processed. And lastly is voluntary withdrawal. At any time in the program, you can voluntary withdraw from the program. Now we're going to go through the eligibility for the program and we're going to be concentrating on these sections of the Code of Federal Regulations. If you remember, CFR, Code of Federal Regulations, stands for CFR for short. And we're going to be discussing Section 124, which covers the 8ABD program, 101 through 112, except for we are not going to be discussing any of the Native American tribally owned firms at this point. This is just for regular small businesses. So basic requirements. So there are basically five requirements for the program. One, the business has to be small business as defined by SBA. Two, has to be unconditionally owned and controlled by one or more socially and economically disadvantaged individuals. Three, disadvantaged individuals must have good character. They also must reside in the United States and are U.S. citizens. And lastly, they must demonstrate potential for success. We're going to go into each of these in more detail. 13 CFR 121 is what SBA will use to determine if a business is a small business or large business. 
That part of the regulation is what they use. And they use it for the Nates code. So whatever its primary Nates code is, when you fill out your SAM application, when you register in SAM.gov, System for Award Management, that's what SAM stands for. When you register in SAM, that's what it's going to come up, and it's going to take whatever Nates code you select. Remember, your Nates is your industry classification code. Whatever one ever you select, that is what you're going to use when you apply to come into the program. They're going to use that Nates code. They're going to look at your gross receipts, and there's some other calculations done. And they're going to take the three-year average of your gross receipts if you're a service industry, and they're going to come divide that by three, and they're going to say, is your average revenue below this threshold? If it is, great. You're a small business. You can go on. The other way, remember there's two ways. The other one is if you're a manufacturing industry, then it goes by number of employees, and they're going to use the average number of employees over a one-year period. Tribally owned businesses owned by Alaska Native Corporation, Native Hawaiian Organization, or owned by Community Development Corporation. I'm not going to discuss in here, but I have listed the CFR references for those. And then to remain eligible for the program, you have to continue to remain small for your primary industry. So what happens if SBA determines that I'm a large business? So SBA is going to deny your application at that point. However, you can come back and say, SBA, I want a formal size determination made on my business. Prove to me that my business does not meet that. And so you'll go ahead and request that. I would, because you got to realize there's one section of SBA that can make, they are called size specialists, and that's their whole job is to determine if a business is large or small. Now, a lot of other you know, we SBA uses size all the time, but not everyone understands the rules or regulations that pertain to size as well as these size specialists is. And they may have made an error, and you never know. So go ahead and have a request a formal size determination. It doesn't hurt. If it's in your favor, then all you have to do is resubmit your application and upload that document showing that you had a formal size determination and you're good to go. If not, you're going to have to wait until you're no longer considered a large business and then apply. So we talked about this. Your participant has to remain small for its primary NATES code. Um, if not, SBA can graduate the participant and graduate them early. However, say you were accepted into the 8A program and it's you're like you're in year six and you've done extremely well and you're growing your business, and your business is getting towards the top of that NAITS code, well, that's where you need to sit there and say, what's the next logical decision my business needs to do before I outgrow this NAITS code? And you start progressing to a NAITS code that allows you to grow even further. And then you work with SBA and tell them, hey, you have it in your business plan. I'm changing my primary NAITS code. I'm going this direction. And you just so that you don't have to be graduated early. But it has to be in your business plan. It has to be in SAM. And it has to be your business plan that was approved by SBA. So who is socially disadvantaged? Well, Congress has already said automatically that the following groups that are listed there are known to be socially disadvantaged. But you still have to write up an actual narrative explaining how you feel you've been socially, individually been socially disadvantaged. Now, just because you're 
a member of one of those groups doesn't mean that you're automatically socially disadvantaged. You're presumed socially disadvantaged, but you're still going to have to. That's why you got to write that narrative. So if you're not a member of one of these groups, then what happens? Well, you can still apply for the program, but you have to establish that you've been prejudiced against some social disadvantage. You can still apply for the program, but you have to establish individual social disadvantage by a preponderance of the evidence. And we're going to go into more detail. That evidence has to be at least one distinguishing feature that has contributed to that social disadvantage. It can be race, it can be ethnic origin, it can be gender, it can be physical handicap, it can be long-term residence in an environment isolated from mainstream of American society. An example of that would be if you're up in the Alaska and you're in a remote part of Alaska, you are not near mainstream American society. You're out there in the boonies. So if you're out there and there, you apply for the program, then yes, you can do it based on that. Or other similar similar causes not common to individuals who are not socially disadvantaged. And that experience has to happen in the United States, in American society, not in any other country. That's the end of part one. I've kind of breaking this up into four parts, remember. Please, if you have any questions, any comments for anything discussed in the video to this point, please let us know. Put it in the comment section below or go ahead and contact my website at federalcontractingmadeeasy.com and go ahead and let us know. Until next time, as always, be safe.